And welcome to the Beautiful Boxing Podcast. We're going to jump straight into part two of the interview with, with Donald Smith. As I've said earlier, one of my favorite people in the sport. He's a really good friend, really knows his stuff. So what you're really getting is the insight and the opinion of someone who's deep in the sport. You know, As I said in part one, you'll see him on Sky Sports Show. So th this isn't just a guy who, who's training people in the shadows that you don't know about. You know, he's worked with Ted Cheeseman, he's worked with John Ryder, he's worked with people that you've cheered on at various points in your support of the sport of boxing. So we're just going to jump straight in and you can hear me and Don just just having the, probably the standard conversation we have where, you know, we, we agree on some things, we don't agree on other things, but it's all done respectfully. And I've got a lot of time for the guy, you know, and it, follow him. He's at Donald Smith on Twitter follow him because he's one of the few people in boxing who he still he'll still tell you what he thinks about stuff and he'll still he'll still check people when they're a bit out of line so he's a good guy to go back and forth with because and he'll admit this himself he genuinely can't help himself so enjoy you'll get in touch with him follow him because he's about to have a great career and as always you know like share get your friends involved you know the usual on a but I still want to, I still want to touch on this Matchroom Gym because, like, to most fans, the Matchroom Gym has this mystical thing, and I almost want to just, I want to humanize it because, you know, I I know some of the guys who were there, and I've known them probably from the amateur days more than anything else. Could you just share some things that would surprise people about some of the guys in there? Like, you know, like we we all have a view of these boxes. But there might be things where you might tell me, Joe, Felix, Felix Cash is actually a really funny guy or Felix Cash is really into his art. Do you know those sorts of things where people be like, I didn't expect uh, to hear put it, put it this way. What's, what's interesting about this gym is um, every single persona that these guys put on the TV, uh, they might hate me for saying this, but it's, it's, it's um, you know, they, they, they all have a different side to them. A lot of them show so much more character in the gym than what they might show on the TV. You know what I'm saying? Hello? Who's the biggest surprise? Uh, probably John Ryder. <laughs> John Ryder, definitely. He's got... I said John has a notebook for all his jokes because he comes out with so many jokes and punchlines and things and... He's so funny, and he and in our gym, you know, everyone's on the wind up, so everybody's just, you know, we all give each other stick and give each other banter. But you see John in interviews, so quiet, he's placid. When you get around John and you really get to know John, he's not like that. He's, he's a funny character, very funny. Um, Felix is also quite, you know, obviously how he might show, he's quite funny, quite quite a loud person, personality as well. Um, and they're, they're, all, they're all funny characters. Connor's probably one of the most quiet in the gym, funny enough. Um, so everybody's, everybody has the different, you know, what they might show outside is also sometimes a little bit different to what is actually the, um, who they are. John Dock as well, he's quite a, quite a cat, first, uh, quiet person in the gym. He's very about his business, John Dock. He comes in and he does his work and he goes home. You know, but he's he's another person that's got quite a bit of a passion for learning and growing in in, in boxing. John Doc's very keen to, and he's improved tremendously. I remember I started at the gym at the same time John Doc started at the gym, and uh, the floors 
in his game, which he had then. I remember he used to leave his elbows out all the time. And I said to him, ah, oh, you know, the mistakes he used to make, he doesn't make none of those mistakes now. And he's one person, because I've seen him improve, I truly believe John Doc could go on to be something special. You know, and uh, Spider's, Spider's a bit of a, he's, he's a character. You know, you get that from Spider. He's full of laughs. He's always cracking banger, forever smiling. Spider's got a good spirit about him. Just always happy. You know, I mean, never down, never upset. Always just positive energy and good vibes. You know. Yeah, he's one of the people. Like, you know, when people say to me, "What a boxer's like," I always point to Craig and I go, "You need to spend time around Craig Richards because he just has a good energy." You know, one of these guys when when you watch him fight. And you watch him work, like he's serious and he's focused and he's intense. But then, I mean, you can you can bump into Craig, you can have a good chat. And this is what one thing people don't know about Craig: he's really, really smart. Oh man, <laughs> Spider! You know, you can say they have this analogy that boxers are not intelligent. Spider is one of the most intelligent person people, one of the most intelligent people I know. And that's not just for boxing, just as life in general. Um, Spider doesn't tell much people about his upbringing and what he's come through and he's had a rough life you know like he's I would say a rough life like at home but he's you know we all come we've got a past you know what I'm saying and he's he's definitely lived a life where a lot of the young kids are living these days where whatever they might be getting up to mischief on the road and stuff like that he's lived that and he's he you know he's he's so intelligent I could ask him anything about anything and he might come back and just surprise me with what you say, you know. I can go to Spider and ask him for advice about something and generally he'll give me that good good advice. He's very, very intelligent. Now he is, he is. And, uh, you know, I've, I've had every, I think I've had every flavour of conversation with Craig. Like, the first time I met Craig, he was, he was boxing for, for Palmer's Academy and Palmer's, it, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So he came over, it was him John Pilata, a few guys came over from Palmer's and we had the Cameroonian guys, so they came for that work. So there was hostility between the two camps because like the the guys running both gyms had beef. So, you know, it tends to filter down. So it was just war games in there. You know, people calling each other out. So why don't you come in the ring? No, no, you You come in the ring. And so, but even, even through all of that, I remember just being with Craig after the sparring and speaking to him. And he was just a humble guy. And I was like, oh, yeah. I was like, this kid until, will until, until you rattle his cage, you know what I mean? Until you rattle his cage. The one thing, he's such a humble guy, but he, he is definitely a fighter because he, he can switch. You know what I mean? He can go from being the nicest guy you'll ever meet. And I've seen people upset him and I've had to calm him down in situations where he was ready to, 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 to do what he does best, which is fight. You know what I mean, and, and he's he's definitely no nonsense. He's not the type of guy you can just mug over. You know what I mean, which is for most fighters or like that. But you know, in all that humbleness, he's definitely got a spite in him. You know, I always remember speaking to him. We're walking out of York Hall. Um, I can't remember who it fought, and I remember him going. He goes, "What's your game with Eddie Hearn?" He was the guy that just put it on me. He goes, "What's your game with Eddie Hearn?" He's like, "Why why are you always critical?" <laughs> <laughs> so my response back to Craig, you know, you know, so what I said to Craig was, I was like, 
I have a feeling Eddie Hearn is doing more harm to you right now than he's doing to me, just joking around with him. Yeah. And I was like, no, I said, look, Hearn has his job to do and I have my job to do. And I don't think Eddie Hearn, the person, is the same as Eddie Hearn, the promoter. And I'd like to feel that he doesn't feel Terry on the microphone is the same as Terry off the microphone. Why? Because, you know, we have jobs to do. And, you know, because I always say this, I could sit and have a beer with Eddie Hearn. No skin off my nose. Because it's like, well, do you know what I mean? This is a different context. Yeah, I can have a beer with him. Why not? And so when people say you hate Eddie, it's like, no, 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 I don't. What I do is I comment on events that he's involved in. If, if Eddie Hearn never spoke about boxing again, you'd never hear me mention him again. I might say we miss him, but it's not like I, I'm not going to show up to his house and I'm not knocking on number, is it 54, 56? I don't know. I won't say the rest of it. But I, I'm not going to be knocking on it. So I, I get where Spider's coming from. We, you know, we work, you know, we work alongside Eddie. So in any case, he's done as much as people on the outside might say, all right, cool. They don't like him or they've got their opinion on him. We've had a good relationship with Eddie Hearn and um, and he's done a lot for us, you know what I'm saying? So we can't really... So obviously when you see someone that... Who, Spider's never really had a bad turnout with Eddie. Eddie's looked after him, gave him good fights. So when you see someone that might be slatering Eddie, you're like, come on, man, that's my guy. Eddie's looked out for me. He's a good guy. Do you know what I'm saying? So and he's the type of guy to do that, you know? If he sees um, someone that's his friend or someone that's... Um, if he heard someone speaking about me in a way, he'd probably take that and, and pull them about it. You know what I'm saying? That's just his character. Nah, cause he, cause he. I remember he came to the first live show we did, and he's like, "Why do you guys love trolling people?" And I'm a bit like, "Whoa, whoa." <laughs> yeah. Do you know what? Uh, he told me about that. He told me about that. Who and gave I, him the ticket? I think that was when spiders out of camp. I, I, I tell you what, he, he just gets up to so much stuff, like because he's not in camp, so he's. He's got all this energy and he's just going out doing what he wants to do. Do you know what I'm saying? And like, um, I don't know how he found his way to your show or whatever. And he said what he said. He told me the next day. <laughs> it was so funny. He went on there and just called everyone trolls, didn't he? Listen, <laughs> you bought that ticket, didn't you? It was you that bought the ticket. <laughs> no, I didn't, I didn't send him there, man. I didn't send him, bro. I didn't send him. <laughs> I just, yeah, because I was a bit like, I was like, hold on, Craig, I know you. <laughs> it's like we spoke not long ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I don't know. You know when he, <laughs> he's not been hitting a bag for a while or been punching a pad for a while, so he's just got all this tension built up in him. And unfortunately, you guys got the bare end of it. <laughs> nah, but you know, that's what made it memorable, though, man. You need moments like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hundred percent, man. Yeah, but no, 100%. but no, no. Listen, like I was gutted that he he fell ill, so he didn't even get to fight Shikan Pitters. So what's going to happen with that? Because they've, they've cancelled the Hennessy show. Will it still be Pitters versus Sugden, or will it be Pitters versus Spider again? Well, Spider's mandatory for it, you know. And the only reason I can see him not having that fight is. I can't, I can't see any reason for him not to have that fight, to be honest with you. He should have that fight. He, he was mandatory. And obviously, he got sick. He got a virus during the the, um, the, the training camp for, for Peters. And 
which obviously wasn't he wasn't able to make the date to to, to be fit in time. Um, he's a lot better now. And now he if now obviously with the coronavirus going around and everything, he should be fit enough to 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 do that fight, you know. And I think he should he should get his opportunity. So is your gym still open with the corona thing going around, or have you you shut down? Uh, we're, no, we're shut down at the moment. No, nothing happening. Pretty much like the whole country, everything shut down right now. And that's going to be mad because I, and I know people say, oh, I'm ticking over, you know, better road work. The reality is like once you lose a week of training, it almost takes like two and a bit weeks to get that back. So actually, yeah. we, we're not going to see any boxing until the middle of May if we're being realistic now. Yeah. So I don't even think the Billy well, Joe Canelo fight's going to happen. Nah, it's quite scary to be honest with you because we've got all these fights due to happen. So now there's just a backlog. Even with football, you know, it's like, well, what are we going to do? These fights need to happen. These fights are there to happen. Um, you know, this coronavirus, we don't know the seriousness of it right now. It's still early stages and this might spin out of control. You know, the virus might just not go in the wild like it's done in Italy and then people are, are, not, are not doing so well. You know, because of and it may mean that we, you know, we we have to suspend events for a long time, maybe three, four months. Yeah, and then that's that's revenue being hit now. That's that sky. Oh, that's man. that match people, revenue. People, people, need, people need to survive. The bills don't stop. The, the, you know, the family needs to be fed, and all these things don't stop. You know, and there's no insurance policy for fighters. You know, they're they're paid fight by fight. You know. So it's difficult. That's tense. Like right now, wouldn't it, wouldn't it be? Wouldn't, wouldn't it be a better thing? Imagine this now: that boxing was set up like football, and each gym was regarded like a football team, and then each gym would have uh, maybe two fighters in that weight category, and they'd have to fight on a selected time, you know, and be paid a wage. That'd be interesting, isn't it? But you know, the problem with that is boxers. I always say this: boxers behave like workers but believe they're bosses so if you actually have boxers on a salary do you know what they'd do they'd get injured a lot more oh mate got a bit of a cold yeah, and i'm not fighting my money's coming in anyway because how many boxes yeah, do you know that joe sponsors it's down, it's down to the gym to obviously to manage that you know the gym's got to be the ones to say all right you know if you're not if you're not on a fight in a certain amount of time you gotta go that's it we gotta let you go just like footballers if footballers don't perform and they keep getting injured and they're not playing, they're getting paid a salary. You know, you've got to go, mate, sorry. You know, we've got to show you to a different club or to a different gym. Yeah, but look how many look how many times footballers have had to go into rehab, right? They say they injure their ankle and shit like that, but there's a lot of footballers that go into rehab, either gambling, drugs, alcohol, and the club will, I mean, the clubs have to pay for that. I can't imagine anyone in boxing doing that. They'll be like, nah, nah, mate. No, but then you go, but I've got a contract here. It it would create all the wrong incentives for boxers, if you see what I mean. And it would also mean that your earning ceiling's capped. So if you look at the UFC, where they kind of have a salary, or they have, you fight more often, but your salaries are pretty much regulated. You earn a lot less. John Jones doesn't earn what Joshua does, nowhere near. Do you see what I mean? So boxers, bo- this is how boxers think. Yeah, boxers will get into the sport going, I want to earn Joshua money. But when you actually talk them through it and go, actually, you're better off saying, I'd like to earn 100 grand a year because then that's more sustainable across the whole sport. But they go, nah, nah, I want millions. You know, I don't care about anyone else. 
And that's the that's where the sport starts to struggle. The economics of it lend themselves to being salaried. But the way boxers behave, like the personality types it attracts, there's too much alpha in there. Do you see what I mean? Like everyone's out for the for the number one spot in terms of earning power. Mm. And that's why you, sure. yeah, it's why Joshua's pulling in thirty two million a year and other guys can't pay their bills. Yeah, well then again it's like um it's not like football though, isn't it? You know, you got you got your star players, isn't it? Your star players in each gym would have their star player. You know, and a different gym may be able to purchase Joshua if they can afford him or you know and imagine the stable that the, just if you just pictured it like a football team, let's just say. Yeah. But I said you know? this I said this once. I said boxing should have a draft. The board should just do a draft. Yeah? You go, right. Every year there are only 50 licenses available. Mm. Or maybe less. I don't know how many people apply. Let's just say 30 licenses. Every year there are 30 licenses available. And the board have to select. Of all the people who have applied, the board have to select who gets a license. And then, uh. then they all end up in whatever gym they end up in. But what that would do, man, that would just, it would drive the standard up. It would keep the numbers small enough that you could start looking at ways of turning it into a, a, a better business for the boxers and the trainers as well. Let's not forget the trainers and some of the other support guys involved in the sport. Yeah, I, I, don't, you better, I, don't know what the, I don't know what the answer is in boxing because for... for you know, I think there needs to be a bit more structure to, 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 to boxing. It's a bit of a free-for. You know what I'm saying? A draft idea may be a good idea, but, you know, I think that it'd be nice if there was a bit more... Because at the end of the day, you've got promoters arguing with each other and fights don't get made because of this and things and, and this politics and this broadcast company. And it's just... It, it, the only people that suffer is the fans, really, you know? So do you know what I find interesting? And I think... Yeah. Is... So I've been for, I've been tracking what happens with DAZN recently, right? That's what I've been I've been tracking the how DAZN are communicating with the world. So if you know, there, so two things are different. One, we're seeing a lot more of the corporate guys talking about DAZN and boxing now. So Joe Markovsky is doing a lot more of the interviews. John Skipper's doing a lot more of the interviews, and they've kept Hearn away from that the big ticket items. Hearn doesn't talk about them as much anymore because they've seemed to have this policy of we need to show all the other guys that we're willing to do business with them. And so I have a feeling if Joshua were to fight Wilder or Fury, Hearn's not going to be involved in those negotiations. The big dogs will get wheeled out. And that, that's a massive shift in the last 12 months because I think Hearn's burnt a lot of bridges over in the States and DeZone are now feeling the pain for it. Because f from from what I'm hearing in the states, De La Hoya believes he's the number one guy at the zone because he's got Canelo, so he's like, I don't have to do business on Eddie Hearn's terms, and so Hearn's like, well, we kind of have to work together. De La Hoya's like, no, and then now the zone management and how going, oh Jesus, what kind of headache is this? And it is, it's it's within the zone, it's crazy. But what they're now saying, right? If we need to make the Wilder fight, we need to keep. Al Heyman's sweet. If we need to make the Fury fight, we need to keep Bob Arum sweet. And Bob Arum's like, I only want to talk to John Skipper. 
So that's where the deal will get done. And I think it'll be the same with Al Heyman. And these are all corporate guys. They're not they're not guys that scratch their way up from the bottom. These are all educated corporate guys. I yeah, think that's that's the history, that's the inside, you know, behind boxing, you know, I mean that's that's the behind the scenes stuff that most people don't hear and don't know about. You know. And uh, I, I'm a fan of boxing also, so when you hear things like this, it does sort of make you a bit down a bit about it because you just want to see the fights. You know, I wanted to see Joshua and Wilder so 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 long before when he fought Brazil, when Wilder fought Brazil, should have been Joshua and Wilder. I wanted to see Gillian and Wilder. These fights should have really been made. And as a fan, it's so frustrating just to see that and see it's not happening. It, it, it is, it's, it can be, it's quite annoying sometimes. And I don't think it's more, I don't think it's Joshua's reluctance. I don't think people think the fighters don't want to take the fights. It's never really that. You're a fighter. If you're a fighter, you know, these guys are fought in the Olympics. Whoever they put in front of them, they got to fight. So they're not scared to fight anyone. It's just more the politics behind the sport that is affecting us as the fans' ability to see the fights we want to see. You know, Crawford yeah. and Spence, Pacquiao and Floyd should have happened a long time before it did. You know, uh, even Floyd Kell Brook should have happened. Yeah, Floyd yeah. Amir Khan should have happened as well. Yeah, see that fight. Domestic level, Spider Boatsy should have happened. That will happen. <laughs> No, but but I want it to happen when it's relevant. Do you see what I mean? Because I look yeah, at exactly. I look exactly. at who Craig fights, and I go, these yeah. are these are tough fights. Like Craig's fighting legit one seven fivers, and I look at who they're they're, they're giving Boatsy. I'm like, what's the game here? You're giving him blown up middleweights. Why? Yeah. When you criticize Yard for facing the same kind of opponent. Mm. Those guys, Spider Yard. Look, I'm going to put Lyndon Arthur in there because he's in the mix at the moment. And Boatsy, put all those guys in there. Let's, let's all make money. Right. Um, hold on. Hold on. I think to me, to be honest with you, I think these guys, they've got a match deck. And I think all... You could lend an offer in there. We just have to see what he does with Yard. Um, but without see Yard and Spider, you've got potentially what you know we had with Eubank and Ben between them three and um, Michael Watson. You know because they got to be put in the mix, but at a later date when there's a bigger attraction. Because by rights, any one of these guys could beat each other. These are all good fights. I obviously believe Spider as my fighter will come out on top in all of it. You know? But these fights, they've got to happen at the right time. See, you know I, what I'm see, that's where I disagree. I just think they need to happen, right? And I'll tell you why. Okay, let's just say they all fight each other. That's round one. Then they go off and they all go and win things. You know, one, one might take an L, one might get a W. Cool. Now you guys can get round two going. Like... Like they did with Hagler, Duran, and all that. Like, didn't Sugar Ray fought Duran three times, fought Hearns three times? Right. You know what I mean? And no right. one ended up broke for it. Did... But 
like I said, but there's no guarantee that that's going to work with these guys. I think everyone's trying to be safe and trying to make, make sure that happens. But, you know, I can't speak for, for, for what individual managers and stuff like that because I don't manage any of these guys. But me personally, being close to Spider, if we actually got a world title, I'd love for us to challenge for that fight. If we got a world title, we'd definitely give Boatsy that shot, I believe. And likewise with Yard. You know, these guys know each other. They all know each other. I've stood next to Boatsy in your call, Spider Stood. We stood talking to each other. We know what they were going to fight eventually. But we want to make sure that, you know, everybody's well off when they fight, you know. And that's, that's, the, that's the best thing. You don't want to fight now for something small when it could be a bigger fight. That's what Eddie was saying as well. You know, it's it's a it's all good saying Spider and Boatsy, but these two can go their own paths and make, you know. But and, and and that's what frustrates fans, right? Right. You see that point there, yeah, and and yeah, I, yeah. I I know people are going to listen to this and they're going to hope that I raise this point, or they'll go, oh, "You're a company right. mentality." Of course, no, of course, of course. And the fans. Yeah. And this is where it's contradictive because I just said about Joshua and Wilder fighting, and then I've been in the same breath gone and said about. You know, Spider may be waiting until he has this fight. You know, um, like I said, it's the politics in the game. It's, it's difficult. Everyone's just got to get at it. Like, like, like Fury says, get in there. If you're fighting men, get in there and fight. Because you know now, if Spider fought Anthony Yard now, that does the O2. Yeah? No, no debate, that does the O2. If Yard does... Joshua Boatsy does the O2. If Craig does Boatsy, it probably does the O2 as well. Now. So you're not, you're not going to be broke for taking the fight now. And then hopefully the fights are that close that the second time it happens and everyone's moved up a level, now we're like, oh, okay. Yeah, you guys have unfinished business. Go on, do it again. We'll happily pay. But that don't always work though, man. Like, you know, we saw, you know, sometimes when fighters fight earlier on in their career, the rematch might not be as, as, as interesting. You know what I'm saying? But Later but, on down the line. But then the first fight might never happen. Like, I always use that example of when Sky got yeah. Macklin, Lee, Martin Murray, and who was the fourth one? Darren Barker. Got them all around the table talking about, oh, yeah, we'd, we'd all fight each other. They never fought each other. All that money, there's probably about 10 million quid on that table that none of them got their hands on. Because they waited. Oh, we're going to wait till he's got a world title. Fuck that. Get, get at it. That will always be my mindset to people. Where I'm like, if you knew each other in the amateurs, get at it. Because there's already a story there. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's easy. It's, it's... It's difficult, bro. I'm not gonna lie. It's, it's when you're a fan, it's easy to say that. But me, as me being there, I, I personally would love to see us take that fight later on down the line. I just think it would be so much of a better fight later on, you know. And the fact is, Spider's not going anywhere. Boatsy's not going to go anywhere, you know. It's but then again, you look at Dillian and Joshua. Dillian and Joshua. Fought pretty early on, didn't they? Say that, I guess. Yeah. 
and even but now more so. Gillian's probably the last person people not being disrespectful to deal, but that fight is probably not as interesting as maybe Joshua Wilder and Joshua Fury because Joshua's never fought these guys before. Joshua's fought Gillian. So yes. we've seen that fight before. But, so but, now the interest now turns to more the other fighters, if you get what I'm saying, rather than going to see a rematch with Dillian. Okay. A British fight. So so example. Let's let's say let's say Joshua loses to Pulev, right? Right. Now Fury's like, well, I think it's only right that I fight Pulev for the belt. Now I'm looking okay. going, okay, now I only want Joshua to fight two people, either Wilder or Dillian White. The Dillian White fight does Wembley. Yeah, that's the reality of it. And, and, and it frustrates me. And I, well, I understand why Joshua can't make the fight happen now because of he's got mandatories and other commitments. But that's a fight that should have happened last year. When Miller pulled out, that should have been the fight. And there you go. There's people going, now we'll wait for it until Dillian's got the WBC, then it'll be bigger. He's never getting the WBC. <laughs> you don't think he's ever going to get it? Not because he's not good enough. I just don't think they're going to let, they're not going to let him have it. Aram and, ha- Aram, Aram oh, and Heyman are too powerful. they got to give Dillian a shot, man. He's earned it. If anyone's earned it, it's Dillian. You know, he's, he's definitely earned that opportunity. But let's be um, real. He's had other shots, man. Like, he had the chance to get all the other belts, and he said no. I don't know. So then you say, how bad do you want to be a world champion? Because that doesn't it's make like, sense. It's like when, uh, when, when there was that controversy about he was potentially going to speak to Al Heyman to sign with him. I don't know how true that was, but then you had... Wilder saying a comment goes, oh, if he does sign with Al, that fight between me and him gets made a lot sooner and is a lot easier. You know, if you just show you, he basically told you about the politics of boxing. Yeah. Because, because shame, really. once you hold some of that heavyweight gold, you have leverage in the game. It's millions of millions of dollars and pounds getting thrown around at that weight. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's serious, man. And you know, Don King still wants in. You know, Don King's still sniffing around. Oh, of course, yeah. You know, because that's where it's at. And so back back to what we're saying about Craig and so forth. You see, I see this Andre Sterling versus Dan Aziz fight, and I go, good, good. Yeah. You know. We're that, starting to see a lot more competitive fights on the, on the smaller hall shows now, which is really good. I'm loving it, you know. Um, you know, if if you're a hardcore, you really are really loving to see fights like this, you know. You know, two young prospects coming through and, you know, fighting, putting it on the line and fighting each other. I mean, that's more for Aziz's, because Sterling's had two losses now. Um, but in terms of, like, Z fighting, um, fighting, fighting Sterling, and and you know it's, it's a two two, it's tough fight. It's a tough fight. You know it could go either way for them boys. You know what I mean? And it's, you, you could almost say it's fifty fifty. Do you know it, what I'm saying? It's a hell of a fight because like when you see them stood next to each other, you're like they're roughly, but but they could fit in the same coffin. Sorry to be a bit dark, but they could. Do you see what I mean? Like they're the same. Roughly the same height, same kind of build, same kind of toughness. Like, 
that, that yeah, it's interesting. Different styles though, because you know Dan's definitely mid to short range. Andre likes to start long, get into mid range. Arms are a bit too long to be a short range guy, but they're both tough men, and they can both put people down. So I'll be intrigued to see what happens in this. That, that's that's the that's why that's not on a matchroom show. Don't understand why Craig Richards versus Shakan Pitters is not on a matchroom show. Don't understand. And these are the things that frustrate fans. Um, I think Eddie explained why it wasn't on the matchroom show. Um, uh, once again, I think um, politics behind the scene, I think numbers, timing. No, he lost the purse bid. No, it's not on there because he lost the purse bid. Yeah. Well, again. And you see, he's building his name, you know what I mean? You can't hate him for, for really making an investment like that because he's really trying to... Hennessy's trying to build his name up there, trying to get his name back out there, any, I guess, so... Uh, it's, just, you know, um, it's good for Craig because you're going to get at least three and a half, four mil people watching it so people will know who Craig is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's good exposure. Yeah, but, but in terms of, you, you know, you're there going, well... Does Eddie really, is he really batting for me on this one? You can't, you can't really say that. I mean, Eddie's, Eddie's already, already spoke about it and showed that he really wanted to put that fight on. And, you know, obviously with that fight being cancelled, uh, maybe the fight goes back to Perspids now. And Eddie's like, no, I want this fight on my show. So we don't know because obviously with this coronavirus going on, everything's been shut down. Things can change. You know, boxing can change at any at any given time, man. That, that would just be a great night. Look, on Sky Sports, right, you have the the golden contract final, you have Aziz yeah. versus Sterling, you have Shikhan Pitters versus Craig Richards, and Jesus, whoever whoever else you want at light heavyweight, you might even... Uh, For a hardcore, that's a, that's a night of boxing, isn't it? That's a real good night of boxing, what you described there. Scorching. I mean, I, as a final I would want to watch that, man. I want to be there. I'd buy a ticket to that fight. And it's not an expensive yeah. card to put together. Nah. I think this is, in terms of like the grassroots of boxing, this is what we want to see. You know, even as... <laughs> We've talked for two hours, bro. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, but we, this, this is what we knew would happen. <laughs> yeah. I knew, I knew this would happen, man. I knew we'd get stuck in the conversation. <laughs> but no, but genuinely, the that that sort of like, and you have to thank MTK for this because remember, before MTK, these small hall guys weren't looking to work together, and MTK just went, "Nah, everyone's got to work together now. We're 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 borderless. Like we will do Irish versus English, Scottish versus English, whatever, whatever makes sense. We're putting on shows." It's interesting how MTK have come in. And if you remember before, small hall guys weren't looking to send their guys to Manchester or Bristol. And MTK have just said, we're national. So if there's a good super middleweight in Manchester, he can fight a good super middleweight from Birmingham and they can both do it in London. Mm -hmm. And this model, what, what it's done is, so if you look at, if you look at Eddie kind of being like the, the, the British guy doing it on a global level, and then you look at Frank as being the British guy doing it at a British level. MTK are now that level below where they're saying, 
we're going to build guys that are going to do these shows for the televised guys at some point. And it's been a breath of fresh air for boxing. Mm, I believe so. It's good. It's nice to see that um, that that's happened now. Yeah, because you know I mean? remember all those times and promoters were like, why would I send my guy over to fight in Sheffield? Why would I send my guy over to fight in Scotland? So we never got to see fights we wanted to see. But now, no excuses. It's, it's, it's just nice for me, to be honest with you, to see... Um, even at Southern Area level, some of the fights at Southern Area are look, looking pretty good as well. You know, and uh, MTK Golden Contract, a brilliant concept. Brilliant fights on there. Um, you know, the way the way that boxing is moving right now on, on sort of like the grassroots levels is just really impressive and it's nice to see. You know, and it's an avenue now. If you're a young amateur... It's an avenue. But then, it, yo, it's a double-edged sword. You know what I'd like to see? Do you know what I'd like to see? As much as Floyd has been good for the sport, him sort of glorifying the O has been sort of like a negative thing because fighters don't want to take losses no more. You know, they see a fighter with a loss on his record and you think, ah, oh, he's, he's no good, you know what I mean? They only want to see undefeated fighters. But, you know, I, I don't think it's, it's right to judge fighters by for them having a loss on their record or something. You know, because when they're not so afraid of, of taking the loss, they're more willing to take the big fights. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. When they want to protect their record too much, they end up taking the easy routes and having easy fights. But when a fighter's like, I'm just going to believe in myself, I'm going to go for it, it's a bit different. You know what I mean? Joe, you know, I look at Umar Sadiq, right? And right. When, what, you know I mean? First of all, he had the prospect v. prospect thing with Zach Chetty. It didn't go his way. But he rebuilt, right. and he he had that thing of now nah, I'm just going to rebuild and come back. Then he had another prospect v prospect fight with Cody Davis, which he won relatively easily. Yeah. And now you look at That's him right. and you go, well, I don't know where there is for you left to go because there's not many names kind of above you who aren't like likely to challenge for a world title. So you almost look at him and go, why don't you just put him in with Lerone Richards now? And I don't think Umar would duck that fight. Yeah. You know, it's not like Lerone's had 50 fights or anything. There's not much in it between them. Like, Lerone, been, what, he's been pro seven years. Maybe that's yeah. the one time I'll give, you, I'll give you a due about Frank on that point there. Like, sometimes careers don't go where they're supposed to under Frank. Yeah, but in the same breath, look what he's done with Yard. You know what I mean? Him and Tunde, what they've done with Yard to get him to that world title shot. Yeah. That was incredible. You know what I mean? And everyone was rooting for Yard. As much as uh, people might have given Stick in the past, when he, turned, when he turned up on that show, man, if he just got him out of there in the eighth round, everyone's opinions on Tunde changed. Just from that last second when he almost had um, Kovalev out, if he just landed one more flush punch on him and Kovalev went to sleep. Yeah, or, bo know? or body shot, man, as Canelo was showing. Yeah, man, it's, it's inches. Just inches, bro. Like and it just changes, and it just shows. And people's opinion now of of him might have changed based on that that situation. But really and truly, he could have won that fight. You know what I'm saying? And it's it's it, it, it swings in it swings in boxing. Such a, a a difficult difficult sport to gauge. It can go either way. You know what I'm saying? And it's it's. 
it's definitely one of those things where, like, you know, Frank's maybe he's done that with Yard, and it's all all of a sudden all that work he's done with him, like you were saying, it's just gone out the window. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's, no one says it's gone out the window, but it, it it can it can be forgotten by some people, you know. And I think Yard did did really good with Yard, and uh, he's doing all right with the Bois right now. Um, obviously, time will tell how far the Bois will go. But look at that fight, the Bois and Joyce. That's a, Matthew fight. There you see, they're not waiting for anything. This is nah, I, this well, I was, I was, man, to see that fight, I was like, what the hell? Like, I didn't expect that fight to happen because you know you want to protect your fighters when they're coming up, but now it's just like we're rolling the dice, and this is beautiful. This is good. This is what the fans want to see. They don't want to hear, oh, we want to protect our fight. Oh, we don't nah, let them have fights. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm saying that in the same breath. I'm the one saying I don't want Yard and Boratti to fight just yet. So <laughs> it's proper contradictive, isn't it? Do you, I, I just think the the pressure on boxing to generate revenue now, because yeah. you look at BT, BT have sunk a lot of money into boxing. You know, you can tell. Remember when they first started? It wasn't all that. Now you look at the production, the the non-boxing stuff they're doing in terms of like the interviews and so forth. That's a lot of money they're spending. And so they want to see it come back. That's why these fights are happening. The same with Sky now. Sky have now realized 2021, all the, all the pieces of the puzzle move again. So I still have a theory that DAZN will just buy... I think, honestly, I think Hearn will go to DAZN, which makes sense. DAZN will buy all of BT's non-boxing assets, all the rugby and all that sort of stuff they have. And then Sky will say to Frank, can you bring your stuff over with ESPN as well? I don't know about that. Yeah, well, because who, who will Sky have in 2021 then? I don't know, man. How do we know that that's going to be the case with this one as well? Because, does, okay, 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 okay. So let's, let's look at it like this, right? Once the zone come to the UK, all those fights we used to get at 2 a.m., on Sky, we no longer get because they're not going to share their content. Doesn't make any sense for them. So now Sky have no American content. Where are they going to get their American content from? Maybe the PBC, but that's still not enough. So then you go, why don't we just get ESPN? Oh, but that comes with Frank. Okay, let's get Frank involved because if Eddie can, if Eddie well, they can, could, they might end up doing what HBO done and just said, "Oh, we're not showing boxing anymore. It doesn't benefit us anymore." Who Sky? Maybe. Nah, never. Sky could never pull out of boxing. It's it's one of their pillars because as long as you've got that pay-per-view machine behind you, yeah, that's always good for a few million coming in. And you need that when you're, when you're paying for those Premier League rights. So I, I genuinely can see them trying to get Frank over. If Hearn goes to the zone, Frank goes to Sky. And BT just get out of sport full stop. Who knows? It's interesting times, though, isn't it? <laughs> I honestly got no clue what's going to happen. Don't be I'm nervous, man. You might end up having to. You might be fighting on the zone, man. Your guys will be on the zone. Oh, listen. As long as they're paying the check, <laughs> as long as the check comes correct and everything's going to happen, the fires are happy. We get to be on TV, and the big shows keep coming like they're coming now. Then we're happy, you know. But ideally, you know, Sky's been like a pillar in in the UK for so long. And I think it's 
it's just another another thing people have to pay for. People pay enough for Sky already, yeah. and they pay for BT Sport. I'm the one. I'm one of those people that subscribe to all those sports channels, and it's a large amount of money monthly, over a hundred pound, I think it is a month for all of these channels. Yeah, it's not sustainable. Yeah, it's pretty much, and it's it's like remember, boxing is not it's not a rich man's sport. It's from those coming up from from nothing. You know what I mean? So, so I think the next 12 months from a broadcast perspective will be interesting, man, because there'll definitely be a changing of the guard and then we'll see where fighters go because if I'm Sky, I'm looking at it from the perspective of I'd quite like Dubois and Yard on Sky. If we can't have Joshua exclusive, let's at least get Dubois exclusive. Mm. They need someone. Do you think Dubois can be a bigger star as Joshua? Yeah, because Dubois got that thing of no one really knows anything about him and he's just wiping people out. Mm, but does he have the personality that Joshua Fury has? Do you know, I don't think or he needs it. Do you know what? It's mad, isn't it? Like, you know... Um, I, I think he does. I definitely feel like a personality, as I said to you, like I said earlier about Dave Allen, a personality is what the casuals can relate to. You know what I'm saying? No, but okay. It's, it's rare that people fall in love with just a fighting star. It does happen, you know. Uh, but Tyson was Tyson was brilliant as a fighter. He had the fighting ability. He was knocking everything out. But also his character later on sort of drew more more attention to him. When we look back on Tyson now, most of the interviews are about you know him losing his head in an interview or something like that because it's entertaining. But, you know, you need to be entertaining in and out of the ring for me. I'll go back to the wrestling example, right? The Undertaker. Yeah. Charisma. You see, like, doesn't say much, doesn't need to say much. In the same way Brock Lesnar, they don't say much. But when yeah. that music hits, you know what they're coming to do. None of them were bigger stars than The Rock. No, but I'm just going to put that. Or Stone Cold. No, but they don't necessarily, they don't have to be, right? But they've got that longevity, so... The Undertaker's probably drawn more money from wrestling than those two guys just because of longevity. All right, yeah, most definitely, yeah. Do you see what I mean? So Dubois might just be that guy that you go, okay, we know he's going to win a title, lose it, win it again, lose it, but he'll always be an entertaining fight. And if Sky, if Sky are going to lose Joshua, which isn't guaranteed, but if you are going to lose Joshua to 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 the zone. Why wouldn't you take Dubois? You, you don't have many other choices unless you create your own heavyweight. But then that's a lot of work. Yeah. You know? But listen, back to Joshua. If he loses to Pulev, do you reckon he's going to ask you to train him? <laughs> uh, don't get me started on that situation. <laughs> nah, you ain't going to ask me. Joshua... I've got a lot of time for Joshua. A lot of love for Joshua. Um, do you know what? So do I. I. I've got a lot of people, and people around him that 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 I've, that I've spoken to about. It. You know, I, I, I made no bones about. It. I would have loved to have been one of the people to help Joshua after that Ruiz loss, but it just wasn't meant to be. And I'm quite happy where I am right now, to be honest with you. And if it meant I would have a choice between leaving. Tony's than having to go over there. I, would, I wouldn't. I wouldn't leave Tony. I'd be loyal to Tony. You know, um, if I could have done both, I would have done both. But I think. Um, now I'm going for it. You know, so if he loses to Pulev, I'm going for it. 
where you <laughs> where you go for the, for Joshua. Joshua is not all the stuff you say to Joshua on <laughs> on, on 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 the social media. I told you when Joshua sees you, he's gonna he's gonna pull you like he pulled uh, what's his name a time boot. Booth. You're going to tell you, get the ass out of my gym. <laughs> nah, 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 nah. You can't do that to me. Box in the small world, bro, man. Box in the small nah. world. You know what? No, nah, no. Nah. Because I can't even remember. Like, like I've been pulled up for it before by people who know both of us. Mm-hmm. And I was real. I, and I, I keep saying it. I keep saying. Joshua on Twitter, I absolutely despise. Joshua on Instagram, I can tolerate. Joshua on Snapchat, I love. That Joshua yeah, you see on Snapchat. Snapchat. It's more interpersonal, it's more real. But then again, you have to remember he appeals as much as us, we're we're we can we can relate to that level of Joshua. There's not a lot of people that might be able to relate to that to Joshua. Well like that. So he has to keep it very professional on Instagram. He's got millions of followers on Instagram. Hey, look at Wilder. Wilder's making millions now. And he's just being wilder. Yeah. I genuinely think if you're a compelling character, the public will come to you. You shouldn't have to manufacture it. I think you have to play with it a bit. But it, one of the things I remember, and it was at the England-Nigeria game, and this is where the conversation happened. And someone said, if you and Joshua sat down over some food, like he would love you because you're super educated and you understand your, your history and your culture. He'd find that interesting. I was just like, I think we're past that point now. You know? I don't know. I think, I think, I think you two, you would get along. But obviously, you, you, the way you sort of come at him in a way, on, on, online, I don't know if he'd love you. <laughs> nah, man. We, we'd, do th- we'd do three three-minute rounds, and then after that, we'd start again. I'm just a guy, man. Like, and I'm sure even he'd admit, yeah, it's a bit manufactured. And I'm not really about that because I was I was around that at the beginning, back in 2009, 2010. I remember Joshua. Do you see what I mean? So I'm a bit like, there wasn't any need for that. Like, I feel he he got pressured into being a certain way. And then if you notice, like, once he had that defeat, he took a bit more control back. Mm, I like I like the real Joshua, you know the, the say real Joshua, but you know the bit raw Joshua, you know when he um when he when he called Tyson Fury a fat fuck, everyone didn't even believe Joshua wrote that, you know what I mean? But but that's the Watford it, in him. Yeah, but that's what I like. Yeah. I like that. Not everybody would like to see that. Uh, and a parent that looks as Joshua as a role model, and you know they got their ten year old son that's following Joshua on Instagram sees that, and they're like. Oh my God, Joshua! What the hell are you doing? My son sees that, you know. What I mean, because he is David Beckham of boxing, isn't he? He has to maintain that image. But I love that raw side of him. But you have to remember, he's got an image to maintain. Part of the curse of being so well known, I guess. You know, and part of the check that comes with being so well known can't be, you know, that raw type of character. But there's there's, there's raw and there's you know. And and this is where I get torn because, you know, we all hear things, right, about what, what goes on in, in Anthony Joshua's world. We all hear things. And number one, I'm like, how the hell does this stay out of the papers? Number two, I'm like, 
good man, keep doing your thing. And that's what, it's all those things that make him interesting and compelling to me. And then here's, here's one thing I've always given him credit for. I don't think we've seen someone with the mindset of Anthony Joshua. So that's why I call this heavyweight era the era of the three freaks, right? You've got Tyson Fury, freakish skill. Deontay Wilder, wow. freakish power. Hmm? Mm. Yeah, no, I'm just an incredible fighter. Yeah. Yeah. Then Joshua, incredible mindset. Like, when I hear... When underdog I, mentality every time. Underdog mentality every time. Yeah. Ne- never this misses a workout. No, and, and he's an athlete. He's just an athlete. You looked at him in the last fight, at the last round of the Ruiz fight, on the second fight, and I saw him bouncing on his feet, and I thought to myself, he's going to tire himself out. How the hell is he... He needs to stop bouncing around. That's my opinion of someone that doesn't know Joshua. If I knew any fighter, I'd say, listen, it takes so much out of your legs to bounce around like that. And especially as a heavyweight, you want to slow those feet down, brother. You don't want to move them too much. But he still kept out. His feet were still moving in the later rounds. That showed you he's an athlete and he's fit. Do you know what I'm saying? He, he's really pushed his body. And he's fitter than most of these other fighters at that weight. He's very fit. And that's um, what that's why I say I don't believe you can defeat Joshua until you can nah, get that work ethic. Do you know what you know? Ruiz, Ruiz did beat Joshua. Uh, Joshua will never come out with an excuse, which is another thing I commend him for not not having an excuse in that fight and just saying, "Listen, we go back and do it again. No warm up fights, no nothing. Let's just get straight back to it." And he came back there with a game plan and. Everybody said he added these extra coaches to his game, and I'll be honest with you, he just done exactly what Rob McCracken told him to do in the first fight. In my opinion, Rob was telling him to do what he did in the second fight, in the first fight in the corner, but he couldn't get it off because he was sort of rattled and got knocked down. You know what I mean? And it's hard to get your marbles together when you've just been hit, when you've been knocked down. Do you know what I'm saying? Uh, I'm sure. I'm sure those coaches were were fantastic at adding value. You know, you know introducing a new game plan. Well, it seems like Maybe. a good selection, uh, no? yes, Team Joshua. Listen, 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 I'd never take anything away from Rob McCracken. I think people can say the extra coaches helped. Maybe they did, I don't know. But I wasn't there, I can't say. Um, but I, I honestly believe from the instructions Rob was giving him, uh, keep it long, use your jab. But those are things that Joshua done in the second fight, which he he should have done in the first one and um, Joshua's mentality is I think what what we were saying going back to the Fury everybody saw Fury stop Wilder and everyone was like oh, he'll beat Joshua he'll beat Joshua and I, I held my tongue on it a little bit because you can't write off Joshua you know you can never write off a man with a mentality as strong as Joshua and the ability to draw up a game plan with the right people around him and and implement that game plan, and he's going to go in that fight with a complete underdog mentality. And that's when we sometimes see the best of Joshua, when we know he, he knows he's up against it and he's got a tough fight in front of him. So to write Joshua off completely in that fight is, is definitely a bit harsh. I still think he's got a chance. I think he's got a chance. I think he's got more of a chance against Fury than he does against Wilder, if I'm being honest. Uh I don't know, man. I think he... Uh, con- people don't, be- don't agree with me when I say this, but 
you see how Wilder reacts when you stick it on him. And um, it really, between Joshua and Wilder, it just would have been who, who, who got there first. Because if Joshua stuck it on Wilder, going backwards, Wilder was not the greatest of boxers going backwards. And I think Joshua, if he had the ability to stick it on him and press on, on Wilder, he probably would have stopped Wilder. Because uh, offensively, Joshua is more dangerous offensively than Fury is. Am I wrong in saying that? I think Joshua's best attribute to his game is his offensive. But but offense. so the thing with Joshua is basic, right? Joshua's attack is one two double hook, one two hook right uppercut. Like like you can you can draw it on a board. It doesn't take long. I think with Fury, it's it's there's a bit more. You don't know what's going to come. That's that's why they're different offensively. I think. Yeah, of course. I mean, Fury. He's just an all-round brilliant boxer, isn't he? He can do it all. He box on the back foot, box on the shoulder, he can box on the front foot in his fight, which a lot of us didn't believe he could do. And he showed he could do that. He can come forward, which is obviously credit to Sugar Hill and uh, and um, Andy Lee as well. They implemented and helped him work on being a more offensive fighter, which is funny enough, which... Uh, who's the trainer? Um, the trainer that was in his corner for his first fight with Wilder, Freddie Roach, sorry, my mind just went blank there. Freddie Roach said he heard Ben Davidson in the corner when he had Wilder hurt, telling him to keep boxing skillful on the back foot and not... He said, why didn't you go for the knockout? He was saying he couldn't understand why they didn't want to go for the knockout. But we know Freddie Roach is a more offensive trainer anyway, and that's his style. He likes, he likes his fighters to be offensive. But, you know, this is this just shows, you know, Wilder Fury has got so much attributes that he can do it all. And that's what makes me feel like against Joshua, whatever Joshua throws at, Wild, at Fury, you know, Fury can do it all. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's shown that he can do it all. So it's it's a tough fight, man. It's a tough fight. You know my theory but on that first fight? It's, it's heavyweight boxing as well. One mistake. That's all it takes. One mistake. Lucky punch. Like, punch from the gods. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's all it takes. One punch from the gods and it's all over. You know what I mean? But, but you know so, that, um, that first Fury fight? I remember thinking this at the right. time. It was That's what happens when someone's a, they call someone a trainer, but what he really was was an analyst, right? So he had analysed uh, David. Yeah. So he'd analyzed one. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's his attribute, you know. But he's still, he's still young. I'm sure he'll walk away from that and take something from that fight and learn something from it. Exactly. Um, the problem is he's learning under the lights and under the spotlight, which makes it more difficult, which is my choice, rather, for me, is to learn under, yeah, in silence. You know? I mean, I don't want to be highlighted because you're due to make mistakes. He's made mistakes. He's told me about fighting situations. He said things, done things that he, he should have done a different way. But you know, you make your mistakes when you're young. And I think Ben Davidson has definitely got a boxing brain. I've heard him speak on interviews and highlighted certain things about even the Joshua fight when he mentioned about Ruiz's ability to to, to box, like his inability to box on the move, and he he has to have his feet planted to to fight. 
and that's what Joshua should have used good footwork to keep him wrong. And I said that straight after the fight and during the fight. That I said that Ruiz and a lot of people didn't pick up on that, but Ben Davis did, and I thought, you know, he shows that he knows his stuff about boxing. But his challenge he will definitely... be, and this is this is the hard part, right? And I think I think this is where experience comes in. Can you make decisions yeah. on the fly? Because if you if you've got someone hurt and then you got to go back to your boxing. What you're basically saying is we're sticking to this game plan from round one till round twelve, and right. and it nearly went wrong at the end. So sometimes you got to take the approach of imagine, imagine, imagine it didn't go wrong. This is what I'm saying. There's the fine line between being right and wrong in boxing. It starts to go back to the Sunday thing. Sunday told Yard empty the tank. If he got him out of there, we'd say Sunday was a genius. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? This is the fine line between boxing, brother. It's it's so difficult to get it right as trainers because you can be you can be held as a hero or as a as a bum in between. Two. Not saying people said Sunday was a bum. I'm just saying that you know it, you can get two different responses from people and people's opinions by just one little one word you say, one statement. It's such a thin line. You and, know what I mean? And, and and that's what Fury said to Davis, and he said, "Listen." You're a smart guy and you know boxing, but I need you to be around someone that really knows boxing because this is how you're going to learn quickest. And then Ben was like, no, 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 I'm not learning under anyone. So, oh. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't... That mentality that he has, I... if I was in his shoes, I would definitely put it exact same way. If I was Ben Davidson and I was your trainer and you told me, you're bringing in another experienced trainer in the corner. I believe that you didn't believe in me and didn't believe in my abilities to do my job. And I probably would have left you if after that or were he. And that's the cool thing. Um, it's, it's, you know, if a trainer comes up in your generation, it's always harder for a fighter to sometimes respect them because... They came up at the same time as you. Yeah. But fighters, you know, you look at people, if you gave fighters the opportunity right now, a kid that's boxed on GB, he's had so much great, uh, done so well as an amateur, he's turning pro. You give him the option, sign with Donald Smith or sign with Tony Sims. 90, 95% of them are going to pick Tony Sims because he's a more experienced trainer. He's done it. You know what I'm saying? He's built that reputation. So now that's what I'm saying. It's, for us as trainers, you now have to build your reputation. And to do that, you have to re- you have to get lucky enough to find a decent fighter and take him up there and do well with him. Now you've built a reputation and people know who you are. Exactly. So it's, yeah. um, it's, it's cruel. It, being a trainer is cruel. And that's why... Exactly, but then you look at Ben Davis, he had that situation where Tyson brought in someone else, but I very much doubt anyone he anyone else will do that to Ben Davis now because he's now built his name. He's solidified his name. Everyone knows who Ben Davis is, and he's not I mean, he's not now a trainer that you can bring an extra person into. You can't do that to him. Nah, nah, he's got, he's got Billy Joe and Josh Taylor now. There you go. He's not going you know to be wanting incredible. for a few quid, is he? Nah, that's incredible what he's done. And to think, I used to see him training Barney 
Joe, Barney's, uh, Barney's uh, gym in Chingford called Sparta, that I used to train at. You know, I remember him coming, training him down there, and he went from that to Tyson Fury. I mean, people thought I jumped up quick from not really coaching to just straight into the matchroom gym, but man, he went from like a guy who was effectively had, I think, two losses in his first few fights to straight to Tyson Fury at 25 years old, I think he was like. Touching it, you never touch. Oh man, but like, credit to him, yeah, made it work for him, man. Made it work for him. Exactly. You know, yeah. I can't hate. I can't. You know, I can be jealous and hate on Ben as much as I like, but because I wish that was me. But at the end of the day, credit where it's due, he was given an opportunity and he made it work. So yeah, and not like everyone can do that. that. No, of course, of course, no. Not everyone can do that. It's, it's you know, this is why me, where I'm at right now, people are saying, oh, you've got to use your platform. You've got to use, you're in the matchroom gym and everyone should know who you are. Da, 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 da. But at the same time, I don't want to come out before my time. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I tell amateur fighters, don't turn pro before you're ready to turn pro because there's no turning back. Do you know what I'm saying? Once you turn pro, you should have all your experience as an amateur enough that when you go into these pro fights, you don't make silly mistakes that you would have figured out as an amateur. So I'll tell you what's interesting. And likewise, as a trainer, sorry to cut you finish, as me as a trainer, I don't want to go in as a pro trainer now, sign a fighter, make mistakes live on TV and stuff like that and damage my reputation. Everyone's like, oh, this is a new trainer coming up from underneath Tony Sims and I make a silly mistake and then no one takes me serious, you know? I want to make sure I'm ready. No, but back to that point about once you turn pro, you don't go back. Did you see what happened with the kid Mason Smith? Oh, right, yeah, I've heard about this kid, right. He went, he went back to amateur, didn't someone told me about him? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, was an amateur for ages. I think he got, like, GB trials, had 100 bouts, turned pro with MTK. Right. It, it didn't right. seem to click for him. So, went back to the amateurs, lost in the first round of the Londons at the, in the ABAs. Yeah, yeah, he lost the London, didn't he? Yeah. Mad. Oh, he Mad. But you're right, you can't go back, because, like, spiritually... Yeah, but he, he can still fight, though, as an amateur, though. He can go back and fight any ABAs again next year. Yeah, but come on, man, like... Maybe my might win it. <laughs> you, know, you know? You know who you was know, in there? Who, who surprised me? David Hayes' younger yeah. brother was in there. At, I think James has got to be 36, 37 now. 37 and he's boxing in the ABA. Yeah. Wow, credit to him. Listen, like, after what he's been through, like, because he, him and I would do, we'd do our, we'd be, we'd be on the treadmill together, just dropping weight. And, like, I hadn't seen him for years. Oh. Like, ex-schoolboy champion, I think he was. Like, the better boxer in the family, to be if I'm honest with you. Like, he's an, still, still has something about him, but I don't know if he can hook it up for three, three-minute rounds. I hope he can. Cause that'd be a hell of a story. Hey, it would be. <laughs> Tell me about it. Yeah, like I tell you, there's a real good kid you want to watch out for. Is uh, Adam Mohammed? Um, reptile. Like real talent. Yeah, the reptile kid. Uh, I saw someone was putting the video up of his fight. Like I like I, the elements I saw of him. I was like, at least this isn't a kid that stands and admires his own work. He's always on the move. Oh uh, yeah, he's talented. He's talented, Adam, you know. Um, I've been working with him for about, I want to say, six months. And 
it was just one of those things when as soon as he walked, he, he was Shiloh, Shiloh De Freitas, who's a, a really good fighter, also you want to keep an eye on him. Um, he's boxing for Jamaica, going for Olympic tryouts in Jamaica, good fighter. Um, he recommended him to come over with me and to try a session with me. And he did one session and literally, instantly, we just clicked. And I looked at this kid and I heard a lot of people talking about him, but you know, like I said, at the time when I started working with Adam, my mind was not focused on sign. I wasn't trying to sign him. I just said I'd help him out. And I'd start just, just do some pads with him. And uh, we've grown and grown a friend, grown a relationship together. Call him, check on him, met his mum and dad, lovely family. And he's turned out, you know, I've just been watching him and I'm realising, wow, this kid's actually talented. Seven-time national champion. Uh, now he's about to go do it as a senior. He just fought Frankie's story last uh, last week for the second time in a row, beat him both times. And um, he's now gone, got another fight, I think, this week. And I reckon he'll win the ABAs this year as a senior. Are they still going? Uh, I don't think that I don't think he's going to be fighting because of this. They're shutting down everything, aren't they? Yeah. You know? Yeah, everything. I don't think he'll be fighting. Man, this is looking crazy, isn't it? Like that that period from May to July is just looking crazy now. Yeah, man. a lot of boxers Very have to cancel their holidays. Definitely, and you're seeing you're driving around now. You see so much more police, so much more ambulance on the road. It's like, whoa, what the hell's going on, man? <laughs> it's, it's wow, it's crazy. There's all. You know, so many people getting sick around you and it's, it's quite down. It's quite quite depressing, to be honest. It's quite sad. Yeah, no, it's not It's not yeah. a great time to be around at the moment. No, of course. And obviously us, us, us the fighters, they want to get in the gym. We want to be in the gym, you know. We want to be, we're in the gym every day. You know, you know, tell them to stay out of the gym. They can't go to public gyms because it's too high risk of maybe catching it and passing it on to someone that was loving it that might not be able to, you know, sustain having that illness. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's quite tough times, and it's, it's interesting to see where boxing goes after this now. You know? Well, it's not much entertainment. Hopefully this podcast, this interview, I'm two hours and two, hours, two and a half hours. Man, there's not much going on. I'm sure a few people are going to sit down throughout all of this, mate. Yeah, this might be you the know? first time I have to do a part one, part two. That means I've got to do some voiceover pieces as well after this. Yeah, bro, I think you're going to have to put it in two parts, man. <laughs> it's, been, it's definitely been top interview, man. But hopefully this um this coronavirus thing passes very soon and we can get back to work, man. Oh, man, we're going to you find out who's got money now, aren't we? Yeah, and hope, I'm hoping this year is the year that, uh, well, I won't say any names, but I should be signing my first fire this year. And I'm also opening my own managerial company this year as well, which is, you've heard that first here, Iron Boxing Management. Well, Iron um, Sharpens Iron. That's the slogan, brother. <laughs> that's the slogan. I've always had Iron Boxing as a training, training branch. We've got Ross Pierce, who's another trainer uh, involved in Iron Boxing. And, you know, we're going to have the managerial side and, the, you know, the, the foundation's being built. I've done... You know, I've spent my time in the hyperbolic time chamber. I've worked hard, I've trained hard, I've studied the game. 
I've learned what I need to learn. I'm ready to jump off the porch now. So hopefully within the next year you're here, you will see me out there with a few fighters. Are you just signing Brits or are you looking outside of that? Well, I've approached a couple foreign fighters. Um, won't say no names yet. A uh, Filipino fighter I've approached. Um, oh, oh. Uh, is it who I think it is? I, I won't say no names at all. This kid's good. He's a good fighter. I've approached him. Uh, you know, that's all you can do. We'll see what he says back. I've approached a couple other fighters up at um, up at GB. Uh, well, say no names, obviously. Um, and to be fair, it's nice to get a better feedback than what I was getting before. Like a lot of times I would approach guys when I was really trying to sign fighters, they would just be like, yeah, man, I'll give you a shout if I want to come down. And um, you never hear anything back. But now you're approaching them and, you know, there's a, you know, they get back to you, you know what I mean? Which is so much nicer hey, to have it? rather than just, the, I think, the, you know, and that's what I said, it's reputation. There, All about reputation. Right, right. There's a Congolese kid you got to find, man. Like, you might have to go to Congo. You might have to go deep into the jungle, man. <laughs> Fight some silverbacks and drag this kid out. But listen. How about you? If you want to be part of the train, you go and find him and bring him to me then. Nah. <laughs> you said you want, to be, you want to be part of the team and do the corners with me. That's your first test, Terry. Oh, ah, man. <laughs> You're going to send me into the jungle. <laughs> <laughs> You're willing to send me, but you don't want to go yourself, bro. Hey, hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. Plan, bro. Nah, bro. Who, who's bigger and stronger? Uh, probably me, based yeah. on the last part we had. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. This is oh, man. man. I'm talking crap now. Okay. Okay. You're about to find out how, how sharp iron can get. <laughs> All right. Cool. I like it. Fine. So we're having a round two then. Let's go. <laughs> hey, listen, man. Let my back uh, heal up. Why not? But no, no, there's a kid. As God is my judge, yeah? This kid boxing the African right. Games. And right. I got I got one ropey clip of him. I was watching this kid, 18 years old. You know where the kid's got that grown man strength? And you're like, I don't even think you've matured yet. But he could box yeah. as well. And you just think to yourself, right. these are raw materials here. Right. And I don't know if he's going to make the Olympics. But if he doesn't, that's the kid you want to sign because that's that money ball. That's money ball right there. Like If he just gets in the right environment, you put him with guys like John Doherty and that, He'll just go through the roof. What weight is he? Uh, boxed at 81 in the Africa Games. All right, cool. Send me over his details. I'll have a look at it. Yeah, now, Will, I don't even think this kid's got social media, but, like, there's got to be a way of finding him. Oh, is it? Yeah, this, that's how serious it is, man. Like, he's he's crazy. Mm, you got to be... You gotta be on point to sign because there's a lot of competition out there for signing fighters. You know, That's why I, you might, got... I might approach a fighter, but there's fighters I've wanted to sign, and then they've gone to maybe Cobell or they've gone to someone else. You know, and it's hard for me. As much as I might feel I can do a better job than these guys, it's hard to tell them that when I don't have the credentials to show that I could do a better job for them. But remember, they're not scouting. So, huh? so Caldwell's not scouting, right? So what Caldwell's doing is he's just tapping into his network. And they'll just say, yeah, there are these kids at GB who are doing X, Y, Z. So Caldwell will just jump on him. He's not scouting. So there'll be some mad Uzbekistan guy, right, who can just about speak English, but can fight. And you go, actually, do you know what? 
it yeah, might be. How do you market? How do you go and market that guy to to people now, Terry? Because now you, you've got a guy that that can fight as hell, but when you put him in front of a camera, no one can understand the word he says. Well, performances. <laughs> it's that, like I said, it's it's, it's got to be more than just having good performances. There's got to be a relationship between the fighter and the audience. But that can and come. Oh, but remember that can come. Yeah, but because if you know when you're a young trainer, sometimes you got to take those gambles and go. I might be able to do something with this guy. The raw materials are there. Because there's a few, you know, like when I when I look at the list of people and I go, not all these guys can make it to the Olympics, but some of these guys are good. No, but you know what, you're right. You know what, because even though I'm saying that, I'm starting to think, like, look at guys like Usyk, Lomachenko, Canelo. These guys have not got great English, but they're still big names in boxing. Yeah. People love the ice merchants, and that's what they love. Yeah, ice cold killer look. You know what I mean? Yeah, it, it, he doesn't you... talk much. If he dies, he dies. <laughs> that kind of vibe. <laughs> that kind of vibe, isn't it? You know? Yeah. So, so are you going to go when they reschedule these things? Are you going to go to these uh, European qualifiers for the Olympics? Just have a oh yeah, break? I was due to go. I was due to go to the. To look to this one just gone, but I didn't get a chance to. Um, there's one kid, you know, one fighter for GB. I, I haven't even paid, I don't watch much of these, but I watched a little couple clips of him and that Peter McGraw. He's a brilliant fighter, man. He's a real good yeah. fighter, that Peter McGraw. Yeah, he, he's know? been in that system for a long time, man. He's been super talented. Long time, you know. Was he? Was he Everton Red Triangle? I think he boxed for, but class, absolute class. He's from Liverpool, ain't he? Yeah. Yeah, no, he's a good fighter. I watched, uh, I, I got round to watch this one because it's hard for me because remember, I'm I'm a pro trainer. I don't really pay attention to much amateur boxing. Doc, on the other hand, he's like an encyclopedia for amateur boxing. So I just asked him, oh, who's this kid? What's he like? And da, 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 da. But I got a chance to sort of just watch from the grill and I was really impressed with him. I think he's a brilliant fighter. Yeah, there's, there's some quality there and I guess we'll see by the end of May, we'll know who's going and who's not. Yeah. Yeah. So, who do you think? Who do you think? Who do you think will medal this year? Uh so people are a hundred percent confident will medal. Ben Whitaker and McCormack, Pat McCormack, guaranteed to medal. Right, 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 right. I think I think Pat's got a good chance of winning both this year. Yeah, um, he's he's got that Canelloness about him where he can just do it all. Yeah, good chance. Luke on the other hand's got a very difficult division. He's got sixty-three. He's got Keyshawn Davis to get past, and he's got um, he's also got the uh, Andy Cruz. Who, boy, yeah. I ain't seen nothing like that in a fight for a long while. That kid is super talented. And then it's eighty-one for me. For me, six, sixty-nine and eighty-one are our divisions. Right. Yeah. And then look, if if by some miracle Courtney Bennett qualifies in the super heavyweight, then woo, yeah. that could happen. You're a big fan of Courtney. I like Courtney Bennett. You know, as another fighter, I, I I do like him. You know, a couple of people have pointed him out to me. I've had a look at him, <laughs> and uh, I think he's a really he's got so much potential as a fighter. You know, I don't think he's fighters like him. You know, you love to work with because their potential is untapped. 
there's certain fighters you look at and you think, yeah, he'll only be as good as this, you know, he'll only make it there. You know, but with Courtney, you know, you look at him, you think his potential is definitely... And the thing is, he doesn't know, show it. It's mad, like... And, yeah. he, him and him and I will talk about this and we'll talk about when he spars and you go, look, you know what, Terry, when I'm under pressure sometimes, I'll pull out some mad shots that we worked on in 2016 that I haven't used for years. And I go, that's what they're there for. You know me those under pressure? Because that's one of the things I learned from Riddick Bo. He was talking about how him and Eddie Futch would work. And Eddie Futch was like, yeah, I'll give you all the tools you need at the beginning, but you might not need them in the beginning, but just make sure you got them. But, yeah, great kid, great family. Like, do you know when, like, if I'm Hearn, he's the kid I'm looking at and I'm going, I've got to sign that guy. Yeah, I'm sure he, I'm sure he is. Um, there's also another good heavyweight on GB, uh, Delicious, or he's a good fighter. He won the ABAs. Um, uh, he, he looks pretty decent. I mean, if you're Eddie, you're watching all of these guys that are coming through, um, that could possibly make some noise, you know what I mean? But then, who, but it's about drawing money as well, though. Like, and this is why I rate Courtney. He, he will go to like the Haringey Box Cup, and like the entourage yeah. is like twenty five, thirty deep. Yeah, he seems like a real nice guy as well. Yeah, he really is. He, you know what you said about Spider, where someone's really intelligent, but they're a good guy, but there's a switch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Spider is the one that um, Spider and, and Adam both highlight, and yourself are one of the people that have high, highlighted Courtney to me, and uh, all good things were said about him. Do you know what I mean? He seems like a really good kid and a good player. You know, so I'm quite interested to see what he does. And anytime I've spoken to him, he's been extremely polite and friendly. So I've got nothing but good things to say about him. Yeah, he's a good, he's a, he's a good kid. Career. Oh, yeah, he's a good kid. Good kid. And that, and that delicious Ori as well. He's a good kid as well. They're both good, good kids. And it's funny that a lot of these kids, you know, they just, you know, it's, it's nice to see them at the, where they are in their career. And it's good to see, you know, where they'll be in five, ten years' time. It'd be interesting to just know we've seen them start up and then see where they go, you know. Yeah. Uh, Boxing sport keeps giving. You know, and it's when we find out who really wanted it. That that's always my thing. I, I love I love the passage of time for that reason, Don. Is we find out who yeah. really wanted it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Because you know. I remember twenty ten ABAs, super heavyweight, right? It was Joshua versus Dominic Akinladi. And like Dom's yeah. a friend of mine. And everyone was just telling Dominic, Ah, oh, come on man, what can this Joshua guy do to you, man? Nah, 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 nah. And I remember saying to Dom, I was like, listen, you saw what he did to Big Junior. Like, this guy's coming to take your head off. <laughs> Do not let him. And then, you know, Joshua showed up, did what Joshua does, just came and said, I'm not losing. I don't even think Joshua landed a meaningful punch on Dominic, but Dominic just didn't know what to do. And that's when you find out who really wants it. That is moments like that. You're like, who really wants this thing called the brass ring? Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Who, who's got? Who's who's got, Who's willing to dig deep enough to get it? You know. 
that's why I say to you, a lot of fighters are, are born and not you're not taught. Have that grit and determination. It's almost a bit of stubbornness, you know. I always say the spider is the most stubborn person I know. That's why it's so hard to beat as a fighter because he's so stubborn that he he won't allow himself to lose. Yeah, like it, 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 that. Always been my mindset. Like you got to carry me out of whatever situation I'm in. I'm definitely not walking out. Yeah. Of course, that wilder mentality. Yeah. Yeah, and it's not it's not great, but it's the only way I know. Yeah, of course. But look, bro. Let me oh. let, let me wrap look up look now. The spider, cons- literally talking to Spider. He just literally sent me a, one of our old school pad videos. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> he said he's gonna, you know, these videos are from four four years ago. Terry. I believe that. Wow. Tell him to stop trolling. <laughs> <I'm wrong. laughs> I think you say the same to you, brother. <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate the call and the, and the, and the interview, Terry. Nah, nah, nah. I had to do it, man. But nah, thank you for your time. Now I've got to figure out how yeah. to present this to the public. Wow. Yeah, we might have to cut up a few things. But you know what? It's just brilliant to see you doing this. And, uh, you know, like I said, I mean, you, you know, you've got... I've always rated you've got a really unique voice and an engaging voice. And I could sit and listen to you debate and have conversations with people about boxing forever. Look at us, we've been on the phone for close to three hours, you know what yeah, I mean? Man. So I just want to see you start interviewing more people in the game and just, you know, new, being a UK Joe Rogan, you know what I mean? I want Conor Ben. Bro, I can get you Conor Ben, man. Don't worry about that. Conor's a good guy, very much approachable. Yeah, uh, I'm quite, see, unlike 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 the British welterweights, man, I'm calling out Conor Ben. Oh, I can try and make that happen, man. I'll speak to him. I'm sure he wouldn't mind. He's got not much better to do right now. <laughs> this might be a good time. <laughs> I'm very much. I mean, if myself you might do him a favour, bro. Like, you can call anyone. I'm sure Joshua's at home right now. You can call Yeah, <laughs> send me the number. You can call anyone, bro. bro. <laughs> We ain't doing nothing. We just, we just at home trying to isolate. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> you might even get any help. <laughs> oh, man. I might still have his number. I don't even have any numbers. So I've got to make a call to make a call, but I'm sure we can get that done. <laughs> 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 and you two can go, go back and forth. Oh, man. I'd, I, that I'd love. Like, like he couldn't even he couldn't even run up on me. I'll be prepared every minute of every day, man. I'm a whole soul, brother. A whole soul. <laughs> because you know, I genuinely believe Coogan will do that one day. One day we'll all be at like a press conference or a weigh-in, and he'll put that camera yeah. on me, and he'll go, "Yeah, you've been talking a lot about Eddie Hearn. Say it to his face, and you've got to be ready." Well, we play. I might do it to you before Coogan. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? At the end of the day, I. Controversy sells. I mean, you know what? I think you know you, you're definitely a controversial character where you spark debate in your in your statements, which is is brilliant, and I love it, and I'm all for it. You know, and I, I think that you know I just want to see you keep going and pro, 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 progress from strength to strength. Like I said, any of the boys that I can speak to down there to see an interview, you will speak to you know. And, as long as it helps for the development of your channel and your growth, I'm all for it, man. So. Yeah, I appreciate that, man.
And you, know, bro. And you know, bro, I'll send I'll send you the bro. secret hit list as well of people you might want to sell. Yeah, man. All right, I appreciate it. I'm always going to be tapping in, bro. Hundred <laughs> percent. Let's make this, 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 if this. If this one does well, we could do another one later on down the line. That's we good. will do. No, no, we'll do that one face to face. All right, we'll, we'll get the video footage for it as well. Yeah, <laughs> to prove it happened. <laughs> Exactly. I like it. <laughs> All right, brother. You take care. Thank you very much. Take care. All right, bye. Yes, two and a half hours later, you guys get to the end. And thank you very much for, for listening this far. As I've said before, at Donald Smith, follow him on, on Instagram. He's, I think it's at Boxer Don. Follow him. Interesting content. He has interesting views. And what I love about Don, and this is what you guys should respect, he's not a company man. But he is a, he'll block anyone that does try trolling him. He's, he's zero tolerance to trolls, unlike me. So you've got to approach him respectfully and he'll have a discussion with you. Don't be disrespectful to him. But actually, there are a number of reasons you don't want to disrespect him. Number one, the guy can squat 220 kilos, right? And he can deadlift probably 240. That's the main thing. And number two, his hands are quicker than you'd think. So you want to be very careful disrespecting him because he will see you. But as always, thank you. Like it, share it. Don't, I mean, don't don't keep this just as a secret to yourselves. Reviews, all that sort of stuff. Let's keep let, let's grow this podcast because this is just where you get boxing in its rawest form. We may not be the biggest boxing podcast yet, but we're getting there, and we're gonna we're gonna try and go as far as we can by bringing you the raw truth, the raw honesty that comes with it. And then while you're at it. You know, I'm going to shout out Tris Dixon because he's almost done the complimentary interview with Tony Sims. So if you listen to both of those, I think you'll get a good understanding of what's going on in the match from Jim at the moment. So take care, guys. And as always, you know, enjoy yourselves. Try and do the best you can. You know, I know we're having a hard time with the coronavirus, but, you know, let's try and enjoy ourselves, man. No cabin fever. You know what I mean? One thing I'm going to try and do is help people get through this with a bit of consent. Some